0: Two, one. Seven things you don't really need to know, but probably should. I'm Kira Revan, and this this is The Sunday Seven. On today's episode of The Sunday Seven, scientists are creating goldfish, cyborgs, Google's leaning into AI, and there's a groundbreaking new Alzheimer's treatment. But first, it was on this day in 1856, Charles Darwin began writing his seminal book, The Origin of Species. They may not have the best reputation for brain power, but goldfish are the new focus for a group of Israeli neuroscientists. Scientists from the Ben-Gurion University of Negev performed brain surgery on 15 goldfish, attaching recording devices to their heads to examine how fish navigate their world. They're being called cyborg goldfish. And to find out more, we spoke to Lear Cohen, the neuroscientist who performed the surgery.
1: So this study is part of a neurotology study. Neurotology studies, uh, in general, meaning understanding the neural basis of a specific behavior. In our case, the behavior is navigation. This is uh, a behavior that every animal do in order to survive. And uh, this is what makes this, this specific behavior interesting. And to study the neural basis, what we do, we want to record the activity of single neurons in the brain and see how this neural activity is related to the navigation. So this implant uh, is composed of electrodes that we implant in the uh, specific region in the goldfish brain and it's connected to a small uh, computer to a small recording device that is placed in a waterproof case recording the neural activity while the fish is freely swimming.
0: Obviously fish need water, how did you manage to perform the procedure and keep the fish safe?
1: Yeah, that's a good question, Um, but Actually, fish doesn't have to be fully submerged in water. All they have to do to to breathe is to get water through their mouth and out through their gills. So we have this kind of uh, tube that takes water with anesthesia to the mouth of the fish and this water are coming uh, back in kind of a circle with a pump. So the fish is kind of uh, respirated and under anesthesia at the same time, so we can put it out of water but it is still uh, breathing.
0: And what a new device sticking out of their head, how did you keep the fish from sinking?
1: This whole implant has about 50 grams, I think, of weight. But to balance this, we put a piece of styrofoam on top of the implant. And this makes the buoyancy neutral.
0: Once the device was fitted, what did the experiment look like?
1: Now, after it gets to know the environment, uh, we are doing the, the surgery. And then in the experiment itself, we literally just let the fish swim for about an hour, swim wherever you want, however you want. We are tracking its position and in the same time we're recording the brain activity. And then afterwards, offline, we are analyzing the, the connection between the brain activity and the and the behavior, like swimming speed, swimming direction, position, all kinds of aspects of navigation.
0: What were the results? How does fish navigation differ from mammal navigation?
1: So One of the most interesting aspects of our study was to understand how fish knows its exact position. What we did find in this new study is that they have cells that their activity is gradually decreasing with distance from a salient feature in the environment. So these cells are called boundary vector cells. For example, uh, if the fish has one cell telling it, you are in a specific distance from the left wall, and another cell telling it, you are in a specific distance from the right wall, so together it can uh, triangulate its position. Because they are telling the animal a position along a specific axis in space, rather than, a, rather than an exact, uh, you are here, as we saw in uh, mammals. So, what happens next? We are working on a system to track real fish in a real environment in large pools. And we are also building another platform that can uh, track fish uh, in the sea. And the future is really taking this experiment to natural environments, to to the environment that the fish really lives in.
0: Now to another kind of fish. Forget hook, line and sinker. These scientists have found a new way to get your Friday fish and chips. An Israeli food tech company has 3D printed the first ever ready-to-cook fish fillet using animal cells cultivated and grown in a lab. And the verdict? It's really tasty. Israeli Stakeholder Foods has partnered with Singapore-based UAMI Meats to make fish fillets. So how does it work? UAMI Meats first extracts the fish cells and these cells are then grown in muscle and fat. Stakeholder Foods then... adds them to what they called a bio link to use in their 3d printers the result a narrow fillet which mimics the properties of sea caught fish eric hoffman is the ceo of stakeholder foods
1: the flakiness is something that is much more easier to mimic and with our patent protected printing capabilities we know to 3d print exactly the same texture and flakiness of a real fish they can say that here the process is clean it's transparent the end product is antibiotics free and I assume that in the future, we will understand the health benefits of, of these cultivated meat uh, products.
0: OAMI hopes to bring its first products to market in 2024, starting in Singapore and in countries like the US and Japan. Megumi Avigail Yoshitomi is a representative director of Japan's Association for Cellular Agriculture, and she's certainly impressed by the product.
2: I can feel the same, almost the same um, experience of the fish structure in my mouth. And I'm also really amazed by the juiciness and also the kind of a buttery uh,
0: feel. Lab-grown beef and chicken have been drawing attention as a way to sidestep the environmental toll of farming and tackle concerns of animal welfare. But not many companies have taken the plunge into seafood. And while the process for creating lab-grown fish is simpler done with beef, there's still some disadvantages. For one, cow stem cells have been studied extensively, but according to AMI's chief executive, Mir Pashad, much less is known about fish.
3: We've managed to do it for grouper and for eel, uh, we have three other species in our pipeline that are also endangered uh, sort of species that we'll be coming out with uh, publicly in the next few months.
0: Meeting the price of fish from the sea is another key challenge.
3: We want consumers to choose based on how it tastes and what it can do for the for the world and for the planetary environment and we want to take cost off the table as a consideration.
0: Still to come on the Sunday 7, first of its kind, brain surgery and wearable tech to save your voice. Even the best vocalists have their off days.
4: Make my wish come true. I'm just gonna keep on waiting. You.
0: This is voice expert Teresa Brancaccio.
5: So, vocal fatigue is the sensation of being tired in the throat, the neck muscles around the larynx, or even within the larynx or the voice box, if you will. And it ends up resulting in an inability to have endurance. you got to commit. you got to commit the way you committed all year. And or a change of quality in the voice. And then we're going to Washington DC to take back the White House. Ah! Sometimes a lack of control in your sound. Simba. If things aren't working properly, you're risking your ability to have a successful career if this is an ongoing issue. Well,
0: researchers at Northwestern University have created a solution. They developed the first smart wearable device that senses when a user's voice needs a break. The soft, flexible battery-operated device continuously tracks how much a user uses their voice and alerts the user of overuse before vocal fatigue and potential injury. Previously, Brancacho had created an app for tracking vocal cord use. And separately, Northwestern University's John Rogers had developed a wearable device to monitor swallowing and speech in stroke patients.
2: I felt like it was a great opportunity for us to extend our technology beyond these sort of very important but maybe narrow targeted uses in in healthcare to something that would capture maybe, maybe a broader you know, population of potential users uh, in the future. Instead of using a microphone, because very few people want to have all of their conversations recorded 24-7, what we integrate into our device is a very highly sensitive motion sensor. You can measure speaking and singing but in a way that doesn't yield interpretable The capture
0: data is instantly streamed via Bluetooth to the user's smartphone or tablet. Using the app, users can set their personalized vocal thresholds. When they're near that threshold,
5: a device on their wrist buzzes to let them know they need a rest. I think there are so many different applications for this. Attorneys, public speakers, teachers are another big demographic. Keep the pulse. They're giving all day, and they're interacting with their students, and they're lecturing, etc., and they lose track of themselves. We can only keep so many balls in the air. It's nice every once in a while to have something tracking for us.
0: Doctors in Boston have performed a groundbreaking surgery on a baby's brain while still In the womb. It was a normal pregnancy up until doctors noticed something unusual at the 30-week ultrasound. It was found that baby Denver had a rare blood vessel abnormality inside the brain. Many babies with this condition develop heart failure or brain damage and often don't survive. In fact, Denver's heart was already struggling. So at 34 weeks of pregnancy, a team at Boston's Children's Hospital were able to repair the malformation while she was still in the uterus. Dr. Darren Orbach from Boston's Children's Hospital spoke to WZTV. About the intricate procedure he performed,
1: just seeing her in the NICU be fine, and you know we would all sort of look at each other and, and pinch ourselves, and we weren't sure when it was okay to to celebrate because you just don't see that with these with these babies. So so that was really the moment that we knew that uh, that all was going to be great.
0: Denver's mom and dad say all the stars were aligned to save their little girl. Derek and I are deeply rooted in our faith, you know, and and we prayed hard for this, you know, and there was no doubt in our minds that you know, God
5: would perform a miracle and, and he did,
0: you know, on a, a public platform using <laughs> a little girl, you know, before she was even born, you know, she made her mark on the world. Silicon on the Sunday 7, Google's latest AI enhancements and new hope for
4: Alzheimer's treatment right after this. How would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com.
0: You're listening to The Sunday 7. Follow us for your weekday news espresso or maybe try our UK edition. It's all in the usual places.
3: Here's an early look at what's to come for AI in search.
0: At its annual I.O. conference on Wednesday, Google unveiled its plans to bring more artificial intelligence for its core products. At the conference, the tech giant unveiled its revamped search engine, which can craft responses to open-ended queries. For example, rather than just being able to find out what the weather's like, you could ask, what should I wear? US consumers will be able to gain access to a trial version of Google's updated search engine called the Search Generative Experience in the coming weeks via a waitlist. But that's not all. Gmail, Maps and Photos are getting an AI boost too. Sundar Pichai, CEO of Google's parent Alphabet, took to the stage to demonstrate.
2: We are taking the next step in Gmail with Help Me Write. Let's say you got this email that your flight was cancelled. The airline has sent a voucher, but what you really want is a full refund. You could reply and use Help Me Write. Just type in the prompt of what you want, an email to ask for a full refund, hit create, and a full draft appears. As you can see, it conveniently pulled in flight details from the previous email, and it looks pretty close to what you want to send.
0: The next example is maps.
2: Imagine if you could see your whole trip in advance. Say I'm in New York City, and I want to go on a bike ride, and I want to get a feel for it first. Click on Immersive View for Routes, and it's an entirely new way to look at my journey. I can zoom in to get an incredible bird's eye view of the ride, and, and as we turn, we get onto a great bike path. And if I want to check traffic and weather and see how they might change over the next few hours, I can do that. Looks like it's going to pour later, so maybe I want to get going now.
0: Another product made better by AI is Google Photos.
2: Using a combination of semantic understanding and generative AI you can do much more with a new experience called Magic Editor.
0: This goes beyond the Magic Eraser, the feature which allows you to remove unwanted parts of a photo. With Magic Editor, you can now add to the image. For example, on stage is an image of a boy sitting on a bench holding a bunch of colorful balloons.
2: And it looks like the balloons got cut off in this one. So you can go ahead and reposition the birthday boy. Magic Editor automatically recreates parts of the bench and balloons that were not captured in the original shot. As a finishing touch, you can punch up the sky. It changes the lighting in the rest of the photo so the edit feels consistent. It's truly magical. From Gmail and photos to maps, these are just a few examples of how AI can help you in moments that matter. We have an opportunity to make AI even more helpful for people, for businesses, for communities, for everyone.
0: Coastal towns around the world are under threat as erosion and diminishing reefs shrink their beaches. And while it can take hundreds or even thousands of years for coral to develop a reef system, there is a project working to do it much quicker. Ocean Shot Project, spearheaded by climate scientist Dr. Deborah Brosnan, is currently working to restore coral reefs in Antigua and Barbuda. Here she is talking to CBS News.
3: What we're trying to do is recognise first that we lose more coral reefs in a day than we can restore in a decade and that our progress towards protecting coral reefs that ultimately protect us is too slow. So Ocean Shot is about literally rebuilding the reefs, the architecture of the reefs for the future, repopulating them with corals and then allowing other species to move back in. It's almost like gardening. We have to make sure we weed them and check on how they're doing.
0: But according to Dr. Brosnan, saving the reef isn't just about protecting the planet, but about saving humanity.
3: Our planet is at stake. If we don't have coral reefs, we lose 25% of marine life. And we lose all of the services marine life provides to us. We lose the coastal protection that we depend on. And we lose all of the knock-on effects that we don't even know about yet.
0: It's only been about six months since they planted the first set in the waters of Barbuda, but it is already showing significant success and Brosnan is hoping to scale Ocean Shot across the world.
3: We now have nine different species, over 300 corals, growing on the new modules. And we've been monitoring them using AI technology cameras to be able to detect what's there and how the health of these corals are are progressing. We've got 97 to 98% survival of the corals we've transplanted. And we now have 26 new species that have moved in by themselves onto these reef modules, everything from parrotfish to commercial fish to commercial lobster. And then we've, we've put some sea urchins on there as well to keep the algae down.
0: There is new hope on the horizon for Alzheimer's patients. An experimental drug has been shown to significantly slow cognitive and functional decline. The drug is a monoclonal antibody, a special type of protein designed to remove plaque from the brain, which is one of the defining features of Alzheimer's. The drug, called Donanemab, slowed the progression of symptoms by 35% over a period of 18 months compared with a placebo. For
1: the past 20 years or so, we've had drugs available that work on the symptoms but really do not get at the underlying biology of the disease.
0: This is Dr. Ronald Peterson, an Alzheimer's researcher from the Mayo Clinic.
1: So, Denanimab is a drug that gets at the underlying disease process, a so-called disease-modifying therapy.
0: Current research finds the drug effective for those with mild cognitive impairment or mild dementia, but researchers say it's possible that the drug could be effective for those who show no signs of Alzheimer's, but whose biology suggests they could develop symptoms later.
1: Support it doesn't stop the disease. It doesn't make people better, but it may slow the rate at which they decline.
0: Potential side effects include swelling or bleeding in the brain, so researchers recommend periodic MRI scans. United States pharmaceutical giant Eli Lilly plans to file for approval by June and hope regulators will give it the green light by early next year. This has been the Sunday 7. However you're listening, do us a favour and hit the follow button. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am with a regular Smart 7 Ireland edition. Have a great rest of the weekend.